Greetings from Hitsville, USA in the Motor City, and welcome to the Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Russell. Join us for this special six-part series as we celebrate the entrepreneurial excellence of the Gordy family, whose innovative DNA sparked one of the most significant musical accomplishments and stunning success stories of the 20th century. Just as Motown Museum carries on the Motown legacy, each episode will feature dynamic stories of family businesses, thriving as examples of successful multi-generational enterprises, reinforcing how important legacy is to our culture. This is the Legacy Podcast. Today we have as our special guest from the James H. Cole Home for Funerals. We have third generation and fourth generation family members to talk with us today about just keeping the legacy going and what it means just to have your family be involved so long. Carla, going to start out with you. Great to see you and also your son Bryce. Good to see you. Now, your father, actually your grandfather, grandfather started. started it. Talk a little bit about that. Uh, yes, he started the business in 1919, and uh, way in the what they call Black Bottom area town. And over the years, of course, we moved. We moved from there over to uh, Warren Avenue. We ran Warren Avenue for a few years, and then from Warren Avenue, we came here to the Boulevard. Um, and then my father, he was running it after my granddad passed. And then my father passed in 1991. Okay. And then. Uh, then it got turned over to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, but me and the good staff, we ran the funeral home. We've been running the funeral home until my boys joined the firm and uh, making the fourth generation in the business. So I'm quite proud of my two sons, Antonio, who can't be here today because right. he's running another chapel. Um, but I'm very proud of my two sons. They're bringing us into the 21st century, bringing our funeral home into with all this new IT stuff that right. I'm too old <laughs> to, to <laughs> deal with, but they're young enough to understand it. So they're bringing us uh, a long way from where my grandfather was in right. 1919. Yeah, things have changed a lot since then. Mm-hmm. That, that's <laughs> for so. sure. Just a tad. <laughs> I think so. And I was just saying, Bryce, what is it like for you being now the fourth generation family member to be involved in the family business? Oh, it means a lot. It, it means a lot. I, I remember when I was little and always kind of running around playing at my grandparents' house. You know, my grandfather would always pull all of us around, you know, myself, my brother, my two cousins, and we'd have our little powwow. And we'd have little talks and everything, and, you know, he'd tell us, you know, kind of what would happen at the funeral home a little bit. And I was kind of just always interested, like, well, I want to do what Gramps does. I want to go down to the funeral home, too. That'd be fun. And then uh, just over the years, as I was getting older and, you know, seeing what it meant to the community and what it means, what it meant for my mother to keep running the funeral home even after my grandfather passed and what that meant to Detroit as a whole. And I, so I said, no, I definitely want to be down here. You know, that, that's definitely what I want to do. And um, it just it, it means just carrying on that legacy and having that name that everybody knows and, and just being able to say we're here and right. we're still here and we're not going anywhere. You know, it, it means a lot. And, and speaking of which, I mean, just with what he said, Carla, you know, your family business name, everyone knows it in Detroit. 
You know, it's not like you'd go, James who? You know, like that. <laughs> they know about it. And what does that mean as well, just because you guys have done business so well, like you said, since 1919, you know, up through now where it is part of the society, part of the group? Well, yeah, I mean, it means that we got to keep on pleasing our families, keep on serving the public. Sometimes people think once you've built something up that you can just sit back and rest and just slide on through. I think sometimes it's harder to keep things going once you've built them up to keep that reputation uh, than even starting out in the very beginning. So we still got to stay behind ourselves. We got to keep thinking of ways to please our families, make our service better for our families, make our families more comfortable, and um, just just service the community. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask you this question, then Bryce, I'm going to ask you the same one. Uh, like you said, of course, you always have to change things as you know each generation gets involved and as time just changes. Like you said, it's not like it was in 1919. What were some of the things when you got involved in the business that you changed up a little bit, you know, from what your father had been doing? Uh, just equipment-wise, um, he didn't have, he didn't believe in really limousines for a while. Back Maybe back in the old, old days he might have had some limousines. And then for a while he just went into the sedans. I brought the limousines back, and um, people seemed to like those. So just some changes like that, you know. Uh, as far as um, the IT things, that's what my sons have brought to the, bu- to the business. But um, just just some small things like that. And that was my question for you, Bryce. Talk about a little bit what you and your brother have also brought in to add on and to modernize also the business. Yeah, and just starting off, it's almost the IT portion of it where, you know, got rid of all the typewriters <laughs> and, and replaced them with right. computers. You know, it's not a, you know, just got to keep up with the times and everything that's going on. Um, so the IT portion was a big portion, as well as um, like in 2007, I started my own headstone company and started selling headstones at the funeral home to try to add that extra service where we can just encompass everything, you know, and that was something that we didn't have before. But, um, you know, just kind of adding on those services, staying up to date with technology and uh, also just the the comfortability of the funeral home. You know, we yes, we've been around since 1919, but the inside of the funeral home and all the the chairs and whatnot, you know, we can't look like it's still <laughs> right, 1919. Still 1919. <laughs> so that's one thing that, that is definitely a, um, a, a change as well and just keeping up with things and not only IT and technology, but also constantly improving and updating and, and making sure everything is, is as comfortable as possible. And uh, that when the family comes in, they don't feel like they're in a dark, dreary funeral home, you know, they, they can feel welcomed and feel that they can sit and, and uh, spend that time with their loved one and their friends that come to, to see their loved one as well and, and not feel uncomfortable, but they can feel at home. Mm-hmm. I remember that we walked over there, you know, for the visit, just sitting there next to the fireplace and a couple of guys sitting on each other. We're just talking. It was kind of like, I feel like I'm at you know, Thanksgiving dinner. You know what I mean? It's like, it was. It was nice, like, family type feel. And, like, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, make people feel comfortable, not scared, dark, and, you know, all like that. But also in in regards to changes, COVID, of course, changed a lot of businesses around. Mm -hmm. And talk a little bit about some of the things that you had to do as far as making changes. I know one was something you were already doing, like virtual services, but talk talk about those types of things. Right, and and that's what we were, we were already doing that. When we built our Northwest Chapel in 2010 and opened that, uh, we already had that prepped for live stream services. So we were already kind of forward thinking in that, in that area. Uh, when COVID came along, that's when we added live stream service here at the Boulevard Chapel as well and had to make sure that that was something accessible to our families. 
you know, now during COVID, that was something where we decided we're not charging anybody for live stream service. We can't do it. You know, we're, we're, death is occurring. And at this rate during the pandemic, it's horrible. And also with the different government restrictions, we can't in good conscience make a family pay to live stream their service so everybody more than 10 people at one point can actually come in and, and see the service. So, you know, we had the 10 people in the chapel, but we made that decision to say, you know what, we're offering live stream service free of charge to everybody. That way the 10 people that are in the chapel can be here, but as well as everybody else that would like to can log on and watch that service live as well. Oh, that's that's good. That's nice. Then you're absolutely right because there are people already grieving and going through stuff, and all of a sudden telling, "Okay, now you got to pay extra." Yeah, right. You know, for right. that, it's like, "Well, do I get popcorn?" No, <laughs> no. Right. And like you said, Carla, your family has had uh, the locations, three different locations since the start. Uh, well, we have two different locations. Well, we've had we've had we were on um, Black Bottom, mm-hmm. went to Warren, and then we came to the Boulevard. Then we opened up our Northwest Chapel. That was in the um, 70s okay. that we opened up our Northwest Chapel. On, it was on Puritan, just the other side of Schaefer. Then, as Bryce said, in 2010, we built a new Northwest Chapel. Now, now, do you always play the same role at each location, or does it kind of change up depending on uh, which one of you goes to a certain place? Oh, we go to diff- both of the locations. Bryce and I mainly stay here at the West Grand Boulevard location, but like this afternoon when we leave here, he's got to go to the Schaefer location and meet up with family mm-hmm. over there. So we, we, we can go over there to help out over there at Schaefer sometimes, but even though we mainly stay here. Antonio, my oldest son, he's the one that runs the Schaefer location, okay. and he's at that location every day. But then he comes to the boulevard every night and ties all his information from so that we can be in one uniform. Right. And so he has to pull all his information from the Schaefer location to the Boulevard location. So every night he comes and we pull all that together. So we pretty much work together between the two. <laughs> right. <laughs> running back and forth down the line. <laughs> right. You see, see us always running back and forth up and down the line. <laughs> I'd like to keep going by. Hey, uh-huh. that's, family. That's it. <laughs> okay. And like you said, by being here, especially on the Boulevard, you're right next door to Motown. <laughs> and, uh, as you had said, Bryce, there have been stories that friends of yours have called you up or sent you a text message about just being next door and what they got to see. And you even have a funny story you want to share about a particular person who was riding in the car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. One of our employees one day sent me a sent me a text message and sent me a uh, Instagram video, and he said, "Look at this Instagram video." So I look at it, and uh, one day Snoop Dogg was coming over here to Motown. And as he was entering in off the boulevard, he was recording on his cell phone that he posted to his social media. And uh, as he was pulling up, he said, I had no idea that Motown was right next door to a funeral home. You've got life, you've got death. And look at this hearse right here. This is a bad hearse. And he zoomed in and sure enough, it was one of our flower cars pulling into the parking lot. And uh, the employee that sent me the video said, I was driving that flower car. I had no idea Snoop Dogg was behind me. <laughs> and so it's just that kind of thing of, of being next door to Motown and seeing the, the liveliness of the city of Detroit and, and really just everybody that's a, a fan of Motown music that wants to come over and take a look. And then as us being next door, we're more on the somber side, but it's just interesting seeing that dynamic and, and uh, seeing everybody gather over here and, you know, gather at Motown and, we have our gathering at the funeral home. That's a total different <laughs> gathering, <laughs> but it is it is interesting to see. It's very interesting. I mean, I remember when I was younger, I was at the funeral home, 
kind of messing around. And I looked out the window. I said, oh, no, what's going on? Everybody's running. <laughs> and I saw just people running from across the boulevard. Cars were pulling up, stopping on the boulevard. And I said, oh, my God, what's going on? So I'm looking and looking. And one of the employees came in and said, you don't know what's going on? Look over there on the porch. Who was that? So I looked real close. I said, who is that? They said, that's Michael Jackson standing right there. <laughs> I said, oh, that's why everybody's going crazy. <laughs> it makes sense now. So it's just, it's very interesting seeing the dynamics that the city of Detroit goes through and, and everything right here next door, next door to Motown. Right. I can imagine it. And Carly, you even had some great stories about when you were growing up, yeah. cer certain things where it's like, if we had only known. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I was a little girl, uh, when we were really, my sister and I were probably like three or four or something, and um, Barry Gordy had come over and talked to my mom and dad and said, well, you know, your girls can come over here and pick out any 45s they want. Just come on, just pick up whatever they want and take them on home. And, of course, my mom and dad were like, oh, no, thank you very much, but they're little girls. They, they're not into no music, but thanks so much. Well, as they told us about this a few years later, we were like, what did you do? <laughs> we could have been getting new 45s all the time. Just go over there and pick out what we want, and you blew it. <laughs> so, yeah. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> right, right. But that was the goodness of Barry Gordy. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Now, also a question for both of you. Uh, like you said, you're both, of course, in your same family business, have been. Carla, was there ever anything that, you might have also thought about you wanted to do, or was this just kind of like where you knew you were going to go, even no, after high school or college? A, yeah, I was a daddy's girl, so okay. whatever daddy did, I was going to do. So I, I knew pretty much that this is what I was going to do. Um, at first, I didn't know if I was going to be a licensed funeral director, um, because uh, I, me and school didn't get along very ah, well. Okay. <laughs> school and I did not see eye to eye and, until I got to college. When I got to college, I enjoyed school, and... Um, and so that's when I decided to go to Wayne State. And then from there, I went to Cincinnati College of Mortuary Science and got my license. But, uh, yeah, I, I knew from, from the very beginning that this is what I was going to do. My mother is a school teacher. I knew that it was not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. That was not for me. But I just enjoyed, you know, being at the funeral home. And then as I was got, got to work with the families, just enjoy just consoling people and taking care of people and, you know, sometimes people say, oh, it's just a hard job. And it, and it can be a very hard job, but it can be so rewarding when people come to you and tell you, you know, oh, you just made it so much easier. I was so dreading to come down there and make those arrangements and just sitting there talking to you. It just, I just it didn't feel like I was making arrangements for mother, you know, and I, it just made it so much easier. I mean, that, that just does something for you. <laughs> no, I was just thinking just when you said that, no, it does take a special person, you know, to be able to talk to someone, especially during that time. I mean, that's got to be the... You know what I mean? Right. Worst time in the right. person's right. life. Right. And right. Yeah, you've got to know how to, you know, console them and right. speak with them and, you know, just make them feel comfortable mm -hmm. and feel good about, you know, whatever right. is going on. And now, Bryce, what about you? Was this kind of like always in your plan playbook or plan yeah, book? Yeah, this was always in my definitely number one on my choice and, and definitely in my playbook here. And it, it was a uh, it was almost a conversation that uh, kind of having guy time with myself, my brother and my older cousin. Um, we all kind of laid out a little plan back when we were, you know, I was a freshman in high school at that time, and we all kind of laid out a little plan. We said, okay, this is what I'm going to do, this is what you're going to do, this is what you're going to do, and this was always at the top of my list. You know, now I, um, I, always, I always thought it was cool, and uh, it played a close second, but I always thought mm -hmm. it was cool because my dad was always been a police officer. Okay. My dad was always a police officer, and he always had interesting stories, and you know, who he chased this day and <laughs> who he had to write a ticket to that day. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that was cool, you know, all the stories that he had. But 
being at the funeral home and, and continuing the family business was always right on the top of the list. And it was always, no, it's, it's not going to stop with my mother. We're not going to be the, the funeral home that says, oh, yeah, everybody, you know, we love Coles. And, and uh, Jimmy Cole passed and Carla took it over and then Carla ran it. And after that, it just kind of went away. Yeah. You know, we <laughs> said, oh, no, no, that's not going to happen. You know, we're, we're keeping it going for as long as we possibly can. And also your son now, who's a teenager, right. has also expressed interest. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, you know, at 16 years old and already saying that this is what I want to do, that's got to make you feel Yeah, it, it makes me, it just makes me look, and, and I'm not that old, am I? You know, it kind of <laughs> makes me look like, wow. But, um, you know, he's 15, and he came down to the funeral home this summer for his first summer. He said, you know, Dad, I want to go down to the funeral home. And I said, okay, well, you know, I'd. I think that'd be a good thing. You know, let's go on down to funeral home. You know, let's go a couple days out of the week. You know, you did excellent in school. I want you to have your summer break, but let's go a couple days. And we went on down. I brought him down, and I said, okay, well, we're going to go over here in the office. I got to do some paperwork first, and I'm going to take you over to the prep room and show you what that's all about. <laughs> and uh, just to my shock and, and, you know, just being so proud of him that we got over to the prep room, and he said, okay, what can I do? <laughs> I wow. said, what can you do? Well, you can put on a lab coat and grab some gloves, and we can help uh, dress this person. And he dove right in, dove right in, no problem, um, took instruction very well, and it got to the point where by the time the summer was over and we'd have to come over here to the boulevard and take care of some paperwork, he was kind of sitting there like, okay, when can we go to the prep room and do some work? <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, I know you're, I know you're excited. Give me a second. Let me finish up this boring paperwork, you know, and then we'll go back over to the prep room. So it just, it just makes me excited seeing how excited he was about it. Cause you know, he always hear me talk about it and tell stories and everything when I come home, but for him to be wanting to be hands-on and just that gleam in his eye of this is actually very interesting. I would definitely love to do this. You know, it just makes me feel like, wow, you know, it's, he's 15 and this is potentially fifth generation yeah. ready to start. And it just, it just makes me glow. So. so Bryce, talk a little bit about the passion that you have for wanting to be in the family business and for wanting to continue to help it grow and maintain her in the city. Uh, it really, it honestly, it started when I was young and when, when actually when my grandfather passed, you know, we were we always spent time at my grandparents' house, and, and myself, my brother, my two cousins were super close to our grandmother and grandfather. And uh, when he passed away, I got real angry. You know, it made me mad as a little kid that, that I don't have my grandfather anymore to go play with, you know. And uh, even I don't have my grandfather anymore to come pick me up from school when I don't feel like being there anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, got, I, I memorized that phone number to the funeral home real fast. <laughs> And I, uh, you know, memorized the young lady at the front desk has been there for years. I said, you know, Joanne, I need, I need to speak to my grandfather. <laughs> She'd get me through. And I, Gramps, I don't feel good. Can you come pick me up from school? No problem. I'm on the way, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it just, it, it, it hit me even as a young kid. It hit me in a way when I lost my grandfather that was, it was very upsetting, but it was very turning to the point where I'm going to do what Gramps did. I'm going to make sure that, you know, all of this that, you know, my mother's going to work every day, continuing on the legacy. And, and my grandfather is, is who I can remember always being at the funeral home. And I said, I'm going to do what Gramps didn't. That's what I'm doing. I'm going to the funeral home too. You know, this isn't stopping. And it was just a very charging moment where it it just, you know, even as a little kid, I said, you know, this isn't going to stop, you know, and it just got me going and got me fired up. And that's why I was just so happy when I, I heard my son come out and say, 
this is very interesting. I'd definitely be interested in being down here. I love it. You know, this is, you know, but I want to work. I want to work down here in the prep room, you know, and that even sparked it. Like, <laughs> what? You know, you want to be in the prep right. room? You know, and then that was my, my grandfather's whole thing was he was very, very particular and he had very excellent skills at restorative art. And that was his forte. Mm -hmm. And that's why at the Wayne State University Mortuary School, it's a James H. Cole restorative art lab. And great. seeing my son saying, I want to be in the prep room, just kind of gave me that blink. Like, oh, <laughs> your great grandfather just jumped through you right there. <laughs> it's like, I know you want to look at me. I just want to hug your son. Come right? Just come here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, I also have to ask you, I mean, every time I've seen you guys, you're always, I mean, just loving and smiling. What is it also like just to work with family members every single day? Uh, I love it. Okay. <laughs> I love having my boys. I guess for one thing, because when they were little, I wasn't home much. I was, you know, when you're in this business, you're, you're at work 10, 11, 12 hours a day, every day. We work six days a week. The only day we take off is on Sunday to be with our families. And so I wasn't home around my kids as much. Thank God for my husband and my mother to help raise them. So I get now I'm really enjoying having my boys around me every day, you know, like this. So I, I don't have any problems. <laughs> I don't, they might be wanting to throw me out the front door in the middle of West Grand Boulevard, but okay. Oh no, it, it's it, it's a it's a beautiful experience, you know, being able to say, I've got a meeting to go to, or we got to talk about something, and you're talking to your mother and your brother. You know, you're not going before a board and you're not, you know, preparing speeches to go in front of the CEO or the CFO or anything like that. You know, you're you're literally going in the office and saying, OK, uh, Antonio, mother, we got to talk. You know, this is we got to talk about. And it's just laid out and everything is nice right there. And then on top of it, too, it, it almost gives us that um, it gives us that that tightness and that that almost protectiveness that. uh you know, hey, you know, what would you say to my brother? <laughs> you know, let me talk to you for a second. You know, what was that? What did my mother tell you? Come here. You know, so it's it's a very it's a very tight knit and it's a very family oriented and, and very, very strong family business. You know, it's it's still a business. Right. You know, this yeah. is still business. But anybody that that works for us and anybody that has worked for us in the past will always tell you oh yeah that's family you know yeah. that, that's family there you know so it, it's 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 very fun actually uh, and very rewarding at the same time yeah. right uh -huh. well like i said it, it's been great i mean just you know talking with both of you seeing the both of you and like i said just seeing how your business has grown and continued for over 100 years yeah. actually i've even got to put that out too uh, most places, like we said, as well as don't make it to the third generation, most don't make it past 10 years <laughs> or 20 years. Talk a little bit about being over 100 years 100 old. 100 years old is something we're really proud of. That we have been going on over non, I mean, nonstop, continuous for over 100 years. So, uh, and then we appreciate the community for backing us all these hundred years, you know. They've been right up at our side. When my dad died, you know, I think a lot of people did feel that was it. Coles is over, you know, because uh, I was only 34 years old, I think, okay. as a young woman. So I think people didn't think that I'd be able to carry it on. So, But I thank the community and the people of the city of Detroit for rallying behind me, saying we're still going to Coles. You know, we're going to let that girl do her thing, and let's see how she does. And I, if I, I told them I could do it, and we did it. And, and that's also great. And plus, you made me think of something else. By being a woman in charge, 
Talk a little bit about that when maybe sometimes people come in and kind of go, uh-huh. yeah, well, where's the guy in charge? Yeah, oh, yeah, a lot of times they don't think that a woman can, can run a company, you know, but um, we proved them wrong. I proved them wrong, <laughs> you know. That, that we, we actually probably have built up, we've done more business this year than probably we have in the past 50 years or so, uh-huh. you know. I mean, our, year, our numbers keep going up and up, right. which is good, which means the people trust us. Right. We're doing something right. They trust us. They know we're going to take care of their loved ones. And that's, we just got to get more staff. <laughs> and I think that's the problem with everybody in this right, day and is. time. You need staff. Mm-hmm. Well, like you said, somebody, hey, you're looking for a good job with a good group of people, a good family. <laughs> Come to James us. H. Cole. Come on over. Funerals. Right? There you go. There you go. Carla, thank you so much, Bryce. Thank, thank you. you both thank so you. much. Always a pleasure seeing you. And, again, a great family story. Thanks for sharing. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for the first episode of this six-part series. The Legacy Podcast is brought to you by Hitsville Next, Motown Museum's community platform where people can thrive as thinkers, creators, and entrepreneurs. To stay in the know of all that Hitsville Next does, follow us at Hitsville Next on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This program was made possible with the support of J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, the Kresge Foundation, W.K. Kellogg Foundation, and National Endowment for the Arts. We encourage you to subscribe to the series and leave your reviews in the comments. We'll be back next week with father-son duo Rod Parks Sr. and Rod Parks Jr. of Parks Old Style Barbecue. Thank you for listening. I'm Greg Russell.